Uh. Yeah. Bible underneath my right hand. I made it out of tight jams. Guns all on my nightstand. My life should be on Vice Land. My fingertips to hold the marijuana aroma. High school, I went to school high, still got my diploma He got riddled and left alone for some Skittles in Arizona The same time a man dies by his own for a pair of Jordan It's crazy how we living, we all misguided children Niggas out here getting got, trying to figure out how to get it We the ones that's not afraid to let the hammers off The same ones that feed the homeless with the cameras off The life I'm living kinda hard to get a handle on But I'm blessing, God knows I can't be mad at all Tiffany is one of my longtime friends. I met her in the Fort Lauderdale studio years and years ago. And we just kind of connected and bonded. She went and traveled and uh, moved. And eventually when she came back, we were like, hey, we need to chat. She has a phenomenal story that's uh, super uh, powerful. Uh, but she's just an intelligent businesswoman, super business savvy, and, um, and just a real go-getter. Perfect person for Uncreative Radio. Creative Radio with my good friend Tiffany. Thanks for stopping by. Hey, I'm we, excited to be here. Yeah, we are live on Instagram right now, on Twitter, and whoever else knows wherever we're live. And we're both rocking these dope jean jackets. Hashtag unplanned. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> twinning. Okay, we are twinning. Thanks for stopping through. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. We were talking earlier and you changed your hair. Yes. What does this mean when a woman changes her hair? She knows it's going down. <laughs> all the things, all the things are changing. Because you, you had like the big fro and I was into it. Yep. Everybody and was into it. it. I mean, it was like a signature marker. It was a signature. It was like yeah. you. And then you were mm -hmm. like, what made you be like, were you scared? A little. I mean, it took me like six months to convince myself that yeah. I was going to do it. Yeah. Um, so in early 2018, I made the decision that I'm just going to do it. Right. And... At first, I mean, I, I think I was scared all the way up until the moment of getting in the chair. And I remember going to my stylist and she's like, so what are we doing today? Like, are we just going to do like a little trim? Right, right, and I'm right. like, we're cutting this. And she's like, what? What wow. are we doing? And I was like, <laughs> cut it off. Just go. And I was like, just hurry up before I change my mind, before I like right, run out of here. Right. And I think she was more nervous than me. When you got home, did you hate it? Were you like, oh my God, what did I do? I'm not Tiffany anymore. No, I was more nervous that my daughter wouldn't recognize me. <laughs> and she would be like, you're not my mom. How old is she now? <laughs> She's four and a half. Good grief. So how's that going? How's it? How's Good. It? You got out of the twos. Was she crazy around the twos? I mean, has she stopped? Right. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, you know, terrible twos, three major, now four NATO. It's, Jerry it's Seinf always something. Jerry Seinfeld does this really great bit. He's like, kids are like little baby alligators and you saved it and you put it in a bathtub and it was like yeah. really, really cute. And you're like, look at this. But as it grows over time, you're like, we got to get this thing out of here. Like, what is this? Yeah, <laughs> Why I mean, do we have this here? basically, she is growing beautiful. Yeah. Um, four yeah. going on 14, though. And yeah. I'm questioning, like, oh, Lord. Yeah, it's what a is thing. teenagers going to really be like? I, don't I know. know. I know. I'm frightened. My daughter's 11, and uh, 
Uh, she's 10. I mean, I'm already aging her. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like, listen. She, she does things every day that just make me go, oh, gosh, I'm in for it. You're in for it. So you and you're doing you've been doing a few things. You've been kind of you've kind of have an entrepreneurial spirit to you. Yes, for sure. And now you're doing you've been doing a lot of motivational speaking mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Tell me about that. Yeah. So I started speaking in college. Actually, yeah. it's like where it actually started. You don't get you don't get super nervous. Not really. That's so interesting. You know, people are super freaking Yeah, nervous. I mean, it's like next to death. Right? <laughs> like, people are, like, more afraid of public speaking than they are, like, dying. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. That's wild. I get a little nervous every time before, like, it's official. Like, I'm about to go. They're going right. to call my name to and come out like, on oh, stage. Yeah, and I'm just yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. who does this for a living? Oh, yeah, me. I do this. Right. Um, and then I love it. Like, I eat it up. So it's why good. why did you get it? Why did you want to do this? Um, so in college, it sparked for me, I started an organization called Cause for Unity Coalition. Okay. And I was just looking to create conversations around social change with my peers. Mm -hmm. It was so cool. Um, and <laughs> I realized by doing these facilitations that I love to speak. And so... How long ago was this, college? Um, I graduated in 2010. Okay. That's a long time ago. That's a decade. Okay. What were the, what were the issues then in 2010 that you thought we needed to t talk about and, and try to change? The same ones that we are currently <laughs> So we're doing a good job. Yeah. Basically, job. <laughs> I just did a talk at um, FAU. I was their closing keynote for their iLead conference. Look at you. Hair flip. Hey. Um, but I got to tell the story of, you know, creating this organization and being really passionate about these social issues. I mean, right. I was talking, we were talking about you know, sexism, and we're talking about environmental issues. I mean, all right. the things that we are still constantly right. going through now, racism. And yeah. you know, what's funny is that I was very hesitant even starting this organization because I'm like, in nobody, 2010. In 2000, yeah. Well, I started in 2009, so Nine. it was like okay. exactly 10, 10 years. years um, because I'm like, everyone's going to be like, we're past this stuff. Like, we're past racism. Like, nobody is like talking it, about this. When people say we're past racism, it just makes me want to push them off of a bridge. And it's funny, like, uh, you know, thing, now, things are inherently better. Like, yes. Inherently. Yes. Like, no, like, I haven't gotten sprayed with a fire hose. You know what I mean? Yes. But my dad remembers people yeah. getting sprayed with a fire yeah. hose. Yeah, my dad got ran out of a coffee shop or, a, you right. know, a diner. Like, right. those where, things are real. From where? Where, where, where are your parents um, from? My dad's from Virginia. My mom's from Louisiana. Oh, yeah. There you go. Okay. But he was in the Army. Yeah. And so yeah. Situations. all kinds of things. Yeah, so <laughs> it's definitely not there. No. So, so we have gone moved. a long way. We've come a long way. I mean... I think at that point, that was when um, Barack was running for office. And around that was this, a, and that yeah, was, so it was a new wave of like, I can't believe. Yeah. And he was really guy. the one. <laughs> yeah, basically, I can't believe there's a black guy. There's in the a black office. guy in the office. Um, he was the one that really inspired me to want to even have these kind of conversations, which is why I started the organization wow. in the first place. And so, I mean, I remember you know, doing this work and wondering like who was gonna show up to have these kind of conversations with me. But so many people were actively engaged. When I say so many people, yeah. more so people of color were actively engaged. Why, it was really why, hard to get white people to come. Why is it hard to get white people to come? Um, I think, you know, around like some of the issues they could come for, but when we like specifically talked about race, that was really difficult. Do you feel, why do white people wanna jump out of a race conversation? They feel like they're in trouble? Yes. Like they feel like they've. Like, I mean, I think you you think like at the end of the day, you're the one that's gonna be like. Yeah. Attacked for. Attacked for what this whole thing right, has done. Right. I feel like white people have it hard time, hard <laughs> as well because it's like a that wasn't your fault, but then yeah. you, you know those white people that are always just like I can't believe this injustice to these African American people. You're like, all right, pimp down. You know, you know what's going on. Listen here. This is what's tough. It's tough to, for them I mean, both ways. I mean, it definitely, and I've been having, uh, obviously, a lot more of those conversations right. now. I mean, I couldn't have 
foreseen that 10 years ago that we would be in this weird alternate universe of mm -hmm. right now in the last right. couple of years. Do you feel like right now, like obviously we've changed since the Martin Luther King days right. and my dad and your dad getting ran out of places, getting sprayed with hoses. That's not happening anymore. Right. But from 2010 to 2019, do you feel like things have gotten worse now that we have uh, Mr. Trump in, in office? Do you feel like things are better than they were in 2009 when you started this organization? Or, or as far as racism goes or I feel those like type as, of issues? As far as race relations go, I don't know what it would look like if I was doing that organization right now on a college yeah. campus. Like yeah. how tense it yeah. would be. When was Black Lives Matter? Um, when was, do you guys remember when that, when was that? Something like that. When was that? Because when Black yeah. Lives Matter happened, that's when I thought, oh, so we're st it's still in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. Because they hit you with that. Michael Che does that great bit, and he's like, you know, that all lives matter. And it's just like, it's such a slick way to say fuck you. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just a slick. It's not like, yeah, I understand. Because uh, I think it's really weird uh, at that time if you were running in a race for breast cancer awareness and someone would stop you and be like, actually, all cancer matters like yeah, yeah. I get, of course it does dude but we're at a, a breast cancer race right now and that's what we're focused on it's so weird that people struggle like with that concept like when it comes like you can apply it to almost anything but not race it just feels yeah it feels like better it feels i don't know when that was happening in 2013 i was like oh we're not out of the woods yet this thing is turning and then when trump got elected it was like oh all the yahoos came out of the woodwork and that was that yeah i mean and it's been i feel like downhill ever since um like, so I couldn't, I couldn't have seen that this is what it was going to be. Like at that particular time, we were able to have some of these conversations. At times I were able to like pull in some white folks to come and, and sure. talk, but it's still very uncomfortable, but still very civil, yeah. like in the, in the discussion. And yeah. even at that point, like my mentality was, I remember doing a, um, a facilitation and it was called everyone's a little bit racist and it was based off That's of pretty good name. an avenue q song right. which is where i got it from but then if i were to go back to me now i'm like no that's actually not true yeah. <laughs> like you know to host this so it was almost giving people the out that were all a little bit racist but it's it was more like everyone's a little bit biased and i think we're not sometimes people say things that they just don't know is racist and it's tough too because you know Certain people, they have no idea, like, they, you, they can't be in your shoes. So it's very hard for people to understand even remotely how something could be racist because they just don't have their yeah. view. Because, um, you know, people that are defending Trump from saying, I'll just, like, go back to where you came from. Be like, well, the, how is that racist? He's just literally saying that they should maybe work where they are, you know. I'm like, no, man. Like, like <laughs> but you, that's the defense that you hear stuff like that. Yeah, I remember um, the first time someone told me to go back to Africa. Right. And I was hella confused. Right, same. <laughs> because I'm, I'm like, like um, um, didn't come from there. I'm like, I mean, I'm definitely born, born in California. Born <laughs> uh, parents born in Virginia and Louisiana, and my ancestors go back. So yeah, but the, the basis of that is you don't belong in America. Yeah, basically. Is what is being said. Yeah. It's just, I don't know, it's very hard to, uh, for some people to put themselves in a black person's shoes, and I think that's always been difficult. Another thing that I think is different from 2010, maybe, in your talks is what's happened with the Me Too movement and with so many people getting uh, outed, you know, yeah. or, uh, um, or canceled. Cancel <laughs> uh, culture. Um, how do you think that is different and what do you think about that now? Because we've had a, Me Too was hot. It was hot. It was like, yep. it was like a new Kanye record. And, that, and now it's, and now it's. <laughs> it's <laughs> I mean, I don't think we can keep up with the amount of movements that are kind of coming up and, and sparked um, over the last couple of years. I mean, we have a lot of issues, like at the end of the day, but I guess they've always, 
we've always had a lot of issues, but now we have social media and right. individuals being able to just come out and like blatantly say things and have the attention that they've never had before. Yeah. It's so wild. that's different. Yeah. Social media, I honestly think like if you look at what social media is doing, I saw this great thing this weekend about Sasha, uh, Sasha Cohen, who was basically saying which, what Facebook is doing, in my opinion, is straight up evil. If you're not fact checking political ads, that would be. And he was saying essentially like if Facebook was around in the 1930s, then Hitler would be able to run ads and Facebook would be like, yeah, no problem. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that to me is when it it's not about freedom of speech anymore because people should say what they want. But things are true. And then some things are not true. Yes. And and we are really blurring the lines of like we, yeah, fake news. Like we are. it's it's I mean, it's kind of insane and I feel like I'm having these conversations so much about what is like a moral conversation like what are we talking like what is right and what is wrong? And there are some things that are like right and wrong and we right. are blurring like well it's kind of right if it's you know and right. it's like no that's just really wrong <laughs> and why and I, can't we I like say that, that that's I wrong i noticed that around trayvon when people when he died people were like well i kind of see and i'm like we could we got away from the fact of one person is alive yeah. and one person is not and yeah. that tells Everyone's you trying the, to find the nuance but that tells you yeah. the story yeah. like this one unarmed person isn't alive anymore and that's that um, and so I, I thought I find it very hard. I have, I have a I had a buddy of mine, and um, in D.C. that got in a he got in a car accident. He had three people in the back seat, and 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 two of them died in this car accident. It was wow. awful. It was yeah. awful. He went to jail. It was an it was a straight up accident, right. a, a car accident. He went to jail, and then you have this guy who's literally, you know, what standing his ground, <laughs> um, and then and he's cool. He's he's at Starbucks yeah. today. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's really started to change these things, especially. Um, but I think that um, things have kind of shifted in the last 10 years. It definitely online. It, it has. I mean, when I was doing the organization and start, I mean, we were just like, what is Twitter? Like, what are we supposed to do <laughs> with Twitter? You know, or like we're just kind of posting some things on Facebook. You but there wasn't on Twitter. Yeah. But it wasn't a conversation, like really starting like this massive conversation. And it wasn't until like a few years later that I started doing social media for like a, a local yeah. company yeah. that I even started realizing the power of, uh, right? But like of just social media in general. Period, but we're talking right. about in 2010, social outlets like Facebook what came about like 2005, 2006. So people were still trying sure. to like understand what are we supposed are to we do on here? here? Like, are we just supposed to be like, right. hey friend, or, you know, and Facebook was only for colleges at some point and then it like pivoted and right. the last why, 10 years is why crazy. Do you, why do you feel like some people are just completely disconnected from conversations like the one that we're having right now? Whether it be race, whether it be equality, whether it be politics, why are some people just kind of like, Oh, whatever. I'm just like trying to watch the next episode of whatever. I don't do politics. Yeah, you don't do politics. No, I do. But people say like yeah, I don't people, do politics. Like, oh, oh God, I don't do that. Like, yeah. or, or say like I don't understand. Um, I don't understand how people just kind of disconnect themselves and they're just like kind of keep it surface level. Yeah. What do you, why do you think that is? Um, I think part of it is a disillusionment like around just like how everything operates. And I could say that I was very active like on college, in college, starting this, you know, this mm -hmm. organization mm -hmm. around these things. And by like 2012, 2013, I was that person too, where I was like, what's the point? What's the point? What's the point of voting? So by the time really like matters. Obama was going to a second term, I was already like, yeah, mm -hmm. what's the point? Right. And when I look back now, 
I think it's crazy that I got into this place of, of feeling like my voice didn't matter, mm -hmm. feeling like nothing was going to really change if I were to talk about it or do something anyway. Right. And so I think if we take that lens and put it out on so many people, that's how most people feel. Like right. it doesn't really matter what I do. It doesn't really matter what I say. It doesn't really matter if I even go out and vote. Like they're going to pick who they're going to pick anyway. We put a lot of they's, you know, we don't know who they are, mm -hmm. but they are going to do what they are going to do. Yeah. And the I don't, the, room. the people in the, in room, the room where it happens. But I always you know? say that I, people always say that like, it doesn't matter. And I was like, if you really thought that there was people in the room deciding it, Obama would have never been in office. For real. I mean, look at the backlash. I mean? Yeah, like, he would have <laughs> never been in office. If you really, if we're really looking at it like, oh, this guy, our votes doesn't, it, the whole electoral system doesn't work. Yeah. He wouldn't be in office. Yeah. I mean, it it's... The room would have never elected a black guy to be in office. I think when we are able to really understand, and, and this is something that I talk about a lot, whether it's on stage or and most of the work that I do is helping people realize their power like right. their personal power and right. how we all have a ripple effect and the the question is whether or not our ripple effect is positive or negative what do you think is the biggest thing that takes or people do that takes their power away from themselves i think first and foremost is that they don't have any mm. so you give it up right you like literally hand your power over to others who are so willing to right. take it and do right. something with and it and that's that so just from an election standpoint that is what we do when we decide not to vote or not to show up and have a voice in who these people are we're saying, you guys can decide. Right. And that is like the history of, of people deciding and, and of having bad choices. And then we're like, nothing ever changes. You know, it's always the same. Yeah, it's it's always going to gonna stay yeah, the same. It's easy to complain. Easy to complain. And it's like, really hard to do something. Actually, if we look at just even 2018 um, and taking back the house, like these individuals like AOC. So I interviewed AOC on my podcast. AOC's dope. Yes. So she was one of the first people that I interviewed on my a Modern Ugh. Visionary podcast. Ugh. Before she was an acronym. Uh, I'm so jealous. <laughs> before she was like, right before, before she, she won. Was, right before before she, she was an acronym. Dude, AOC is legit. Yeah. But it's funny when I like look back at our conversation, because I was following her on Twitter and I'm right. like, dude, this chick is fire. Like she's, she just like says whatever. And I'm like, right. I'm loving it. And right. I remember at that point in her campaign, she, you know, she was still bartending. Right. And she was like, you know, I'm trying not to bartend anymore. Like can some people donate to my campaign? And I, I was like, she's a bartender. I want, I know. Love that. I interviewed her and I remember her being like, you know, I'm just in this like literally for the people. Like yeah. I am doing this because I want to see, is it possible to like really create this right. kind of change? And I'm like, I think you're gonna do it. Like, I don't know how you're gonna do it, but I'm like totally here for it. it. And she did it. Like she two months it. later, she won but, the primary. But she's, and she's doing it. She's AO doing it. AOC makes people nervous. Oh, hell yeah. AOC is like, she is changing I mean, she's stuff a rocket on ship. both sides of the line. But I know? think what's important there is, this is a woman that is, internationally known now yeah right yeah, we're talking about sure. like in less than two years yeah internationally known youngest person in congress new york district i think it's 14 i don't know yeah. it's 14 or 16 um but she's like only representing her district her district right however yeah. like she has made waves all Everywhere. across the world and so if you don't think like you're voting your representative matters boom like you just drop my drop you know what i'm saying like yes. your local representatives you're, matter you're if you were aoc is just a bartender that you knew right and now every the every, people in ukraine know who AOC like aoc is. yeah i mean that shit's crazy you're a bartender yeah 
that's, that's so nuts. if you can't like wrap your mind around how someone how wow. everyday individuals wow. have the power to enact change by deciding that they're right. going to be a part of it and not complain about it like that's and that's where the and that's the tree the deciding it like oh this is who i'm going to be now and you're not too old to do that like mm -hmm. i'm not going to say hey i hate the blah 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 you can actually say oh i'm going to make it my mission yeah. to do whatever it is you got aoc in the in the in congress this whole impeachment inquiry thing that's happening right now wouldn't even happen if the Dems didn't have the House. So the fact that Dems got elected in the House, that's changed. Because if they didn't, this whole thing wouldn't even be happening. It'd just be like so crooked. I mean, we wouldn't. I mean, that's what blows my mind. So to kind of go back to that story of this moment in time by Obama's second election, I was like disillusioned. I didn't care. Right. Like, it's whatever. I didn't, right. I didn't even vote that year. So that's like that. Wow. And that's I'm saying that because it's. I now run That's a real. campaign called I Can't Wait to Vote right. because I had to realize that everything stacks on each other. And wow. I didn't understand like how government actually worked. Right. So let's just go to 2016. So by the time Obama left office, Dems lost a thousand seats Absolutely. because people got real comfortable yeah. that, oh, well, we have a black president. Well, Everything is fine. And we're good. just going to keep going. Like, no. And they were in the shadows building Donald yep. Trump. Fox was building him up like a like a missile. But even voting local local elections, Congress Correct. people, right. governorships, all of those mayorships, like all these people moving mountains in their local community so that by the time 2016 happened, boom, and everyone's like, how did this happen? It's been happening. It was right. happening the whole time. We just didn't see it. Definitely. And so then from 2016 to 2018 to flip the house, you're talking about in one election, in a midterm, yeah. right? A when mid most people don't even, people even think about right. midterm elections, right. how much power you have. So every two years from a, at least a federal perspective, we have so much power to create change. So if we were to be like, gung-ho like we came through in 2018 to do it in 2020 and 2022 right, and 2024 right, right, right. and do not let down imagine what would happen imagine if when obama was in office we didn't take the foot off the gas right and we showed up to every yeah. single election i mean think about it gillum lost to here in florida by like 20,000 26,000 20, votes something. or something yeah it's like cni has 21,000 followers on instagram You're right so, so if every if all of those <laughs> people definitely vote, voted, boom. I mean, and he's the, the whole I mean, Florida the governor would have changed like I just could, like that. I could talk to you for hours. Tell people where to find out about about your <laughs> about the, the about where can they follow you on Instagram? Yeah. Where so can they follow you live with Tiffany movement? is where you can learn get, everything. Get live. Get live. So live with Tiffany dot com. Uh, live with Tiffany on Instagram, Twitter, on all and the things. And you're still doing and you're still doing the, the company that you started in two, 10 years ago. Is that still running? No. Um, Cause for Unity kind of faded out with college. Yeah. Um, but I went on to do a modern visionary. I now have a company called The Morning Shift Co. And you have in Morning Shift Co. And then you have the podcast now. A modern Visionary. Hey. Yep. Thank you so much for coming through. Thanks. You were awesome. Everyone get at Tiffany. She is one of my favorite folks and super smart and always a really great activist for change. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Cheers.